What I consider a Twix cookies, a cookie. What I know, do you? I don't. But it says on the package two cookies. But I I don't. Let me see this. Let me see this. This jargon. Well, this is specific to cookies and cream, folks. Cookies and cream. So that might be a little indication. But it does say two cookies or a cookie on the back. I don't consider Twix to be a cookie, though. Folks, hello. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live Podcast. It's an absolute blast to be here. And it's even better seeing you. Thank you so much for spending your time and being here. Let's jump right in. Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For all other info, including links to our community discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host of other great entertainment, please visit HeineHouse.com. La, 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 la. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. I got my fresh cup of coffee right here. Mm. We'll be taking short coffee sip breaks while it's still warm. Get it while it's hot. Uh, Folks, welcome back to the show. This is the uh, Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast, episode number 45. We are recording March 15th, 2020. And it is exactly 3 o'clock p.m. in the desert. So good to have you. Thanks for being here. Of course, the podcast wouldn't even be around without the generous and amazing support from all of the people you see right here on your screen. Thank you, patrons. I love you. (laughs) Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. If you enjoy the show, even remotely, a little bit, maybe get a little giggle, maybe a chuckle, you know, maybe a little little laughter. Maybe your, your long toe starts tweaking a little bit. You start laughing. Don't shake your head at me, Steph. Don't you dare do that. Uh, you know, if you get a little chuckle in the belly, you know, patreon.com slash Jason Heine. That is where you go. And uh, even at just five bucks a month, takes you right in there to the main floor. And that's where you get the after party. You get the exclusive additional content. And then if you really want to take our love to the next level, you go on up to that game loft where I give you all of my music, my entire like nine gigabyte file of my entire discography dating back to 1998 holy shit i'm vintage and old and my music's even better well i hope anyway but anyway thank you for your support folks appreciate that so so much we got a great show talking about some gaming talking about some tech gonna take a voicemail at the end and uh, whatever happens in between happens um, let's see here. 503-908-5490 is the hotline. Hit me up. You want to talk about anything and everything? I'm all ears. 503-908-5490. And lastly, HeineHouse.com is where you go for everything else, folks. Absolutely pleasure to see you. Hey, how about some random news? Um, before we jump in, actually, before we jump into the entire episode, um, I have to make a mention of the coronavirus. I think this is a very serious thing. You know, I like to have fun and joke and and play around, but also it comes a time when, it, you know, it gets real, it gets serious. And I think that the coronavirus should be taken seriously. I think we have a lot of situations that are going on in our world today. 
And I just want to, I mean, what do you say, right? What, what can you say? Um, I think some of us may be in quarantine. Some of us may not be. Some are taking it serious. Some aren't. And I just think overall, we all should take it serious. I think we should try to limit our interaction uh, physically, if possible, you know, being out there, uh, events are being canceled, conventions being shut down, and hell, even whole places are being put on lockdown um, out of safety. And so I think we need to have a safety-focused mind moving forward with this and take it seriously. Um, I hope everyone who is affected overcomes. I hope that they find a cure or, I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know, dude, I feel like it's like an episode of Walking Dead, right? This is some like crazy shit. Like this is no movie. This is, this is some real stuff that's happening to real people. Um, just be safe, be smart, stay at home if possible, if you're able to, um, and just kind of limit your interaction with people and try to just be as clean as possible, you know, and stop hoarding all the stuff, man. We're trying to buy groceries. We can't find anything. It sucks, you know? So uh, get what you need, um, share with those who are in need, and uh, let's just try to be safe, okay? Try to be safe. Uh, I hope we overcome. Well, we will overcome, of course. I mean, we have to, but uh, this is definitely going to be a bumpy road ahead. So, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to do the show. I'm going to be here. I want to continue to provide entertainment and just try to be there for everyone and just, just do my thing, you know what I mean? It's like, I just feel bad about the whole thing, and... I don't really know what to say, to be honest. If you can't tell, I'm kind of just scrambling here because this is crazy. I've never experienced anything like this. So, um, yeah. Now let's talk about some shitty McDonald's. <laughs> Fuck, man. That's terrible, though. But, like, what are they doing? They're selling a four-patty <laughs> Big Mac. What? A four-patty Big Mac. Well, it's also March, so they're bringing back the Shamrock Shake, which is great. I think that's probably one of the highlight items of McDonald's, which is great. We haven't gotten one yet. We're going to, I don't know if we're going to, what are we going to do? We got DoorDash. We're going to, I don't know what we're going to do. We got to figure something out. Drive through only, you know, limit your, and we're going to go in a hazmat suit, you know, like whatever we have to do, man, I'm prepared. Um, But uh, yeah, I have a picture of it here. A four patty Big Mac. Let me zoom in on it so y'all can see it. What is this? That's not, that's not it. Here it is. Look at that thing. And I'll be honest, folks. If it looked like that in real life, I'd probably order one every day. Reality is, it comes looking like a smashed piece of shit. It looks like the long tail got a hold of it. That's what it looks like. But the Shamrock Shake, that's that's who... Uh, <laughs> bless you, my love. Uh, but the Shamrock Shake is where it's at. And, you know, also, I don't give a shit. You know, hate on me, bro. I like the McRib. All right. The limited items, the McRib. I like it. Hate on me. But how about fuck McDonald's? Who gives a shit what McDonald's is doing? Taco Bell has introduced a triple chalupa. A triple lupa, it's called, folks. Yes, it is a real fucking thing. Look at this goodness. I have a picture. Oh, my goodness gracious, Becky. Look at that chalupa. It is so big. And the idea that they have here is that you basically break off three individual chalupas into, th and they have three different sauces on it. One is just nacho cheese. One is cheese, nacho cheese and chipotle sauce. And the other is just chipotle sauce. And um, yeah, you know how we do. We went out and I mobile ordered one 
Uh, we tried them last night. I thought they were fantastic. They're smaller. They're smaller than I thought. That's what she said. They're a lot smaller than I anticipated. They're basically, what would you say, Steph? Maybe one, one and a half. The equivalent of maybe one and a half chalupa. Chalupai. We, we, we thought it'd be three full-sized ones. Like, connected like... I mean, this is basically like the ultimate way to eat a chalupa, though. Like, look at that. This is like... The Chalupa Centipede. <laughs> oh, dear. I went there. I can't believe I actually went there. Oh, my goodness. There goes her appetite. Excellent. Saving money all the while. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, they were good. They were good. Very tasty. Yeah, check them out if you have. Hey, do you guys want to see what Toad might look like with his Toad hat off? You want to see what he might look like? This is this is crazy. This is going to fucking blow your mind. You'll never be able to look at Toad the same. Should I really do this to them? I don't think I should. What creeps me out the most? Fuck it. I'm going to show you guys. You have to see this. Um, and I'm going to give the credit to Alex Solios. Alex S O L I S Solios Solios Solios. I don't know how to pronounce his name, of course. But you can look him up on Instagram. That's where you find this stuff. All right, so here it is. This is what Toad might look like without his his helmet on. <laughs> is that not the most creepiest shit you've ever seen? Think about it. Think about it. So it looks like, according to Alex here, who drew this, the mushroom head is basically just a hat that covers his eyes and everything. So what you're looking at with Toad is you're looking at his nose and mouth. Oh, my God goodness he's got to have one of those like nets like the characters at disneyland have like over the eyes like it's netting so you can still see out but you can't see in type thing okay folks if you're watching the youtube video feed of this just go take your hand over the monitor and cover just part of the top of toad of of his big eyes there just cover it with your hand and then now yep yep i did that i did that to you i'm sorry I mean, let's just be real. Steph sent this to me, so blame her. <laughs> blame her for this one. Um, some cool news about uh, Genesis, not the console. The band. Yes, Genesis, the band is reuniting and playing a 2020 tour. Um, of course, social gathering and coronavirus, depending. You know, we all, basically all the concerts are being canceled. So we don't really know how this is going to pan out, but... This, this news broke like right before this kind of all took off. But um, they revealed details that they are doing a comeback tour and they will perform a series of shows across the UK later in the year. So that's pretty, pretty cool. It looks like I'm going to have to get my ticket, come out to the UK. Who's going to host me? Who's going to host me? I'll sleep on a couch uh, or I can sleep in between you and your, your if you got a dog or a cat. You know, I get along with animals. You know, I'm good. All you got to do is feed me a triple chalupa. And I'm pretty much set. Like I, you know, I just play. I play outrun all day long. I don't. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong. Everything's great. Um, unfortunately, Peter Gabriel will not be taking part of the tour. Unfortunately, and this is what I usually say in situations like this, um, folks. The reality is, is that sometimes bad blood is very thick blood. Uh, the band last performed together in 2007 when they marked their 40th anniversary tour on the Turn It On Again tour. Uh, at the time, 
uh, Phil Collins said the tour was meant to be his final farewell. Um, and I, I actually have a DVD of his farewell tour and it's absolutely fantastic. And I really feel like it's probably the best representation of Phil Collins, you know, the Genesis music, the Phil Collins solo stuff, great performance, great set, awesome sound. The farewell, farewell tour is a great DVD slash Blu-ray to get because what has happened since then, unfortunately, Phil Collins' health has really deteriorated to where he honestly, he has trouble even like standing for a long period of time. You know, I feel so bad for the guy and it kind of hits home for me because he's a drummer, right? And this is kind of like, it, de it depends on the person, right? But the usually the fate of a lot of musicians, especially drummers who who have to, who sit and work like that, um, they have back problems. And unfortunately he has back problems at this point. Um, in 2018, Phil Collins, who has had a bunch of other health issues, told Rolling Stone magazine that, excuse me, that he would consider a reunion tour only on the condition that his son, Nicholas, would play drums during the, the tour. And uh, because he says, I quote, I don't think I'm capable of it. Sucks, man. Sucks. Sucks. I feel so bad for the guy. But you know what? He's doing a tour. His son, who is absolutely fantastic and a beast on drums, which is so cool to see, um, is playing. I've, I go to YouTube and look up Phil Collins. Look up his son, Nicholas, and you can see him playing. They've been playing, actually, for the last couple of years, at least, two or three years now. And he's awesome. Fantastic. So it's really cool to see. So Genesis coming back, doing a tour in the UK. I, would, I wish I could see him again. I would love to. And last little bit here of some random news that I've got. Uh, Nintendo and Levi's are joining forces. What? There's really no details on this. It's just that they posted Levi's Twitter account made a post and they had two emojis. They had a pair of jeans and then an X like, you know, cross and then a mushroom. And then they had just basically the Levi's logo in the picture and the Super Mario wording in there, the Super Mario brand logo. So yeah, it looks like we're probably going to get Super Mario branded Levi's jeans. Like what? I, there's no details. I just thought that was interesting. And I think a lot of us have already seen this, but. Mm -hmm. Very, very fascinating. I mean, just bring, let's talk about this last night. Bring back the carpenter jeans. I'm going to put a hammer and some nails in there because I'm a carpenter. And I'm wearing carpenter jeans. You know, when people were running around like as a fashion statement, I put a fucking hammer in there. Boom. I'm in the forest building tree forts. I can do that. I really did do that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some gaming news. Let's talk about some gaming stuff. This is, this was, I put this at the top because this is probably the biggest news break of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Reggie, my body is Reggie, has joined GameStop and he is now on their board of directors. Wait, 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 what? The fuck is going on here? Get some help. Wait, what? What? Yeah, this was uh, way out of left field. Did anyone see this coming? No, no one saw this coming. GameStop went on, and I wrote down the quote that they put on here. GameStop quoted this. This is an important milestone in GameStop's transformation as we continue to evolve the company's business strategy for long-term success. We are pleased to welcome Reggie, Bill, and JK. They brought on a couple of other people too. Um... Uh, and JK to the board. They are 
each highly qualified and bring significant relevant experience to our turnaround. We look forward to immediately benefiting from their expertise and perspectives as we navigate the evolving gaming and retail environments, execute on our strategic initiatives, and prepare the company to maximize value creation associated with the next generation of console launches this year. End quote. Um, then Reggie, a day later, was on Twitter and he actually weighed in. He made a post about this and he said here, quote, that the gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop. I look forward to being part of GameStop Corp, board of helping board and helping to make this happen. And yeah, yeah. So I don't know. This is an interesting twist, right? This is a very interesting twist. It's like, will the fun loving and Mario Nintendo fan loving Reggie fans follow along and support Reggie on what his initiatives are for GameStop? Remember, folks, we're pretty well burnt out by GameStop, right? I mean, we talked about this. Cliva just called in last week. I had a fucking rant about it. I mean, this happens all the time. Not everywhere, of course, but this is definitely a uh, a failing, sad retail gaming business. And so can he overturn that? This is crazy. Like, they either had to offer... They offered... They had to offer him a ton of money to come in, unless Reggie's just super bored of retirement. But that dude is around. He makes speeches... He goes all around. He's very active in the community and like empowering people. Like Reggie's such a good, wholesome guy. And this is what I'm saying. Like we may be like, okay, fine, Reggie. If you think you can help GameStop, maybe you can turn it around. We'll support you. Like maybe that's what he's banking on to bring the gamers back. Maybe that's what GameStop was hoping by bringing him on. I mean, it's definitely deliberate. I mean, it's not like they can hire anyone. They can, they can throw money at anyone, but they picked Reggie specifically. It's deliberate. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Actually, um, you know, word on the street, and, you know, this is something that, I mean, I don't think the news is out there yet, but um, word on the street is, you know what GameStop did to actually get Reggie to come on board is that Reggie walked into a GameStop, right? And the CEO was in there of GameStop. He was in there. And he was just standing there. And Reggie had... He had an Xbox 360. He had a, a PS4. He had a PS4 Pro. He had a couple of like Game Boy Advance games. He just had a couple of extra you know, duplicate things that he wanted to trade in. Reggie walked in there. He's going to trade him in. And the CEO, you know what he said to him? He goes, give this man full credit, full credit value on his trade. They gave him full credit. And then the Reggie's like, I'm on board. Bruh. I can do this. Bruh. Can you believe it, Steph? They gave him full credit on his trade. So they gave him 10 bucks for his PS4. They gave him $3.99 for his Switch and all the extra games. That's $3.99. And then I think they gave him like a buck fifty for his Game Boy each as the Game Boy Advance games. Bruh. It's amazing. You know, the more you know, folks, the more you know. Joe. No, all joking aside. I think um I think it's an interesting move. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna play out, to be honest, but Steph was just saying, I think he wants to still be a part of the video game industry, but just not running a company, which is absolutely a great thought. And you know what? He's, he really is somebody who has good intentions all the way around. Always has. You know what I mean? He really has. So uh, hopefully he doesn't uh, get bit by them, you know? But he is on the board of directors now. He can kind of make the shots. He can kind of make the call. Executive decision. So very, very cool. 
Sony confirms that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. Do you guys hear about this? Most of you probably heard about this. It was confirmed by Sony uh, PlayStation Worldwide Studios earlier this week in an interview with Sony PlayStation Blog that a PC version will be coming later on in the summer. No release date is confirmed, but it's already listed on Steam. I think you can wish list it or whatever on Steam. And the community, for some reason, just went into a complete uproar. And um, I didn't play Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4. I know that it was exclusive to that console. And I know that I think the reason why people are upset is because it was exclusive there. And now it's being ported over to PC or whatever. And people are kind of upset about that or whatnot. But I mean, wouldn't you want your game to be seen and played by other people too? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've never really been upset over like an exclusive game then gets ported over. That shit, is, that shit has happened many times in the past with many games on many different platforms. They start out on one and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we want to, uh, you know, spark interest in the game or we want to generate some more revenue. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. If you're upset, I'm really sorry. I mean, sucks. I guess. I'm excited to play it. Well, I mean, we could easily probably just get on PS4 and play it, but it's cool. It's coming to PC. Spread your wings, you know? Um, so Nintendo's actually in the news. I got a couple of uh, other Nintendo news bits here. Um, update on Nintendo's Joy-Con Drift lawsuit. Do you remember uh, last year? Actually, it was... 2018, I believe. No, no, no. July 2019. I reported on this talking about the lawsuit against Nintendo with a Joy-Con drift. I have a bunch of stuff in here that I wrote down. Try to read it verbatim so I don't mess it up. According to Law360, that's the website that originally reported this. Law360, U.S. District Judge Thomas S. Zilly approved Nintendo's move to compel arbitration, but also rejected the platform holder's bid to dismiss the case. So Nintendo was trying to have the case dismissed, and the judge is like, mm, nah, we're going to push it into arbitration. We're actually going to go forward with this stuff and review this and see if we have some defective shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, that's crazy. It's crazy. So um, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, originally filed in 2019, the suit alleges Nintendo is fully aware of a defect which causes Joy-Cons to drift, causing unintended movement. Okay, that's the actual uh, file uh, that was filed in July 2019. Specifically, it is alleged that when a user experiences drift, the joystick on the Joy-Con controller will automatically register movement when the joystick is not being touched by the user, causing significant interference with gameplay. All correct. It absolutely does. Um, shortly after the suit was filed, and you guys remember this, this is kind of just a recap of what happened last year. Shortly after it was filed, Nintendo stopped charging for repairs on drifting Joy-Cons. Remember that? They originally were charging you for it, plus shipping. And then after it was filed, they're like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll repair all of them for free. No problem. Just send them back. They're trying to make nice. Um, and they began refunding those who had already paid for the fix earlier, right? Although it does not acknowledge an actual fault with the Switch controllers at all. So they're like, no, there's no problem with them. Well, there's something wrong with them because um, that's what's happening. Um, and then the Joy-Con lawsuit, just lastly on this, the Joy-Con lawsuit was then amended in September 2019, not too long ago, to include the Switch Lite, which was launched. That's the handheld Switch Lite console. Uh which was also experiencing the same issues. So they're using like the same hardware, the same issues were happening. 
So the lawsuit also includes the Switch Lite now as well. This is crazy because they're just launching the uh, the uh, Animal Droppings uh, Switch coming up, and I feel bad because like it's going to have the same issues. They just need to they just need to fix the Joy Cons. Just fix them. Just figure out what's wrong with them and fix them. I don't care if you have to redesign the whole fucking joystick. I hate the Joy Cons anyway. I've never liked the small ass fucking joystick. There's no the resolution is terrible. They're too small. I know they're intended for for kid hands, and I I'm, I mean I may have big man hands, baby, but it's like come on, come on, man, stop it, get some help. Stop it, get some help. Um, lastly, on Nintendo here, they partnered with Lego. So okay, wait, let's get this straight. The Reggie goes to GameStop. The Joy-Con Drift are going to court. Nintendo and and Lego partner. We're getting Levi Super Mario jeans. Like, what the fuck's going on here? What kind of world are we living in? And a surprising move, Lego and Nintendo. Uh, this was Nintendo of America's Twitter account teased a crossover between Lego and Super Mario. No further details are known. Um, they had just a picture of like Mario, like in like a Lego, looking like a big Lego with like a little screen on him and stuff. It looked really cool. But given this new relationship, does this mean that we're going to get closer to the Lego series? Uh, coming over to like Legend of Zelda, that would be very, very cool. Getting like, I can see like Hyrule and, you know, like Princess Peach's castle, like all Lego built up. Can you see that? I can see that. It'd be amazing. I think the possibilities with that are endless. And also, does this mean we're going to get closer to maybe getting a like Lego Super Mario game, like official? We've got Lego Harry Potter. We've got Lego Star Wars, right? We've got Lego, all these other games. But how about Lego Super Mario? Lego Zelda, like this would be legit. I think it'd be really, really cool. I'm excited. The possibilities are endless. Just remember, folks, don't drop them on the ground and forget about them because if you step on one of those fucking bricks, it is going to ruin your day. All right, that hurts. And for me, I got a long toe. And if I, if I go foot first into a fucking brick and step on it, we, we damage the long toe. We can't be having that. Get some help. Don't be doing that. Mm. This coffee's good. It's real good. It's French toast coffee. French toast. Did Nintendo have something with Mega Bloks? They might have. I don't know. Mega Bloks, is that the... Uh, um, those are the really large ones, right? The, no, you're probably thinking Minecraft. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, folks, get yourself a coffee. You know, when you listen to the show, you got to have a coffee or something. If you don't drink coffee, get yourself a tea. You know, have a nice tea, maybe a throat coat or something. Those are always tasty. It's really, really good. Uh, Call of Duty free-to-play cross-platform new Battle Royale game launches March 10th. It's getting high praise, folks. If y'all were around last night, I streamed it on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash thehineyhouse. Boy! It was hilarious and fun. Played with the homie Bido and Fancy Justice in the house. We had some fun. We got on there, had some great times, good laughs. And to be honest, folks, for free to play Battle Royale, and I wanted to put this on here, I'm really liking it. And, you know, I love PUBG. I love the Blackout mode. Uh, there's a bunch of BR games that I've played that I really like, but this one is a little different. It actually has probably the highest amount of action in a game and also... It has a quick turnaround. So if you die, you go into like these gallows or whatever, 
in this like bathroom, which is a scene right out of The Rock, by the way. If any of you have seen the movie The Rock, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, watch that. There's a scene on there where they're coming out, like they're infiltrating The Rock and they're coming out of the bath. I won't spoil it, but I mean, the movie's like 26 years old, so whatever. If you haven't seen it now, you something wrong with you. You know, get some help. Get some help. But yeah, so you go into these gallows and, this, and you do a 1v1, boy. 1v1 me, bro. You do a 1v1. And whoever wins that actually gets kicked back into the game. You go back and you spawn in on your on your uh, partners, which is great. But also in the game, you collect, like you loot things and you collect dollars, like bucks, right? When you get the money, you can go to like loot buy stations or like item buy stations and purchase respawns. You can purchase a self respawn so you can like heal yourself in the field or you can purchase one for an enemy that's down, that's in the gallows waiting or whatever, or that's been completely dead. You can revive them, bring them back. On top of buying perks and mortar strikes and all those other Call of Duty uh, elements. It's actually really, really cool. I like it a lot. It's um, We had a blast. We played for like four hours last night. It was great. So if you want to see the footage, it's on my Twitch. Also, I'm going to upload it to YouTube so you can watch it there. Uh, but just come by and give me a follow on Twitch and, and come by and check it out. We're actually going to be playing later on today when I get done recording the show. It's going to be a lot of fun jumping back in because it's fun. That's great. So, yes, getting high praise, people are really liking it. And the best part, folks, is free to play. You would expect a free to play game to be completely garbage or pay to win, right? It's not pay to win. It's all just cosmetics. You want to pay for it? It's all cosmetics, which is, I don't know, man. They've, have they done something right here? This is crazy. Really happy with it. Yeah. So, check it out and uh, add me on Battle.net. I don't even know my name in uh, the Heine House with some weird numbers after it. I don't even know anymore. But you can look for me. Just just holler, holler at your boy. Hey, a new Star Wars game may be in the works. This is something that was uh, reported earlier this week, a couple days ago, actually. A new Star Wars video game, possibly. One that has, hasn't been officially announced yet by EA may have been, unfortunately, by accident, revealed thanks to a data mined at PlayStation Store listing. Listen to this. So according to the Twitter account, PSN releases, all right, that's the Twitter account. It is run by somebody who has created a bot that monitors Sony's Sony PlayStation network for new PlayStation 4 game releases and updates. All right. A title called Star Wars Project Maverick is in development is what it says. So they have a bot that fucking data mines the store to look for anything that's been uploaded. That is insane that we live in a world like that. It's crazy to think. Anyway, they were able to get in their data mine and they actually even pulled a picture out. Uh, Star Wars, uh, the title is simply uploaded as Maverick is the, what the picture was called, according to that Twitter account. But paired with the artwork that reveals potential new Star Wars game, artwork features a lone Imperial Star Destroyer and a small fleet of X-Wing Starfighters, implying this game could likely take place around the original Star Wars trilogy era. Let's take a look here. I have just a quick little picture there. Maverick. Yeah, it looks cool, doesn't it? And it looks, even the text and everything, it's like super old school. Like, I don't know. Could be something. I mean, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for like Dark Forces again. You know what I mean? could be really cool fucking bought the data mines what <laughs> um another news in gaming too the nintendo sony console um uh, owned by that father and son 
the Diebolds, they're fantastic people. I've met them many times. Had them out to game on. They're great people. Um, sold for $300,000. Wow. The Ultra Rare prototype was uh, the offspring of the short-lived collaboration between Nintendo and Sony. Uh, it was supposed to add CD-ROM support to the Super Nintendo, but uh, at the very last second, Nintendo decided to pull out and uh, make their own console on their own, which then prompted Sony to be like, well, then fuck you. We're going to make our own too. We're already halfway into this shit. Let's make our own console. We got a fully working console here. And they created the Sony PlayStation. The rest is history. Um, yeah, Heritage Auctions is where it was. And I reported on this a few weeks ago of when it went live. But uh, yeah, uh, according to Heritage and according to the um, the Diebolts there, that this is probably the last remaining Nintendo prototype that's exist that exists so uh yeah the others possibly have been destroyed of course being that they are prototypes so extremely rare um the online bidder who will end up paying around three hundred and sixty thousand once the auction house's buyer's premium are added on there so wow they got to pay a 60 grand in premium like fees and shit holy fuck that is that is a lot of dough that's a lot in fees man yeah i'm in the wrong business but yeah, so sold for three hundred thousand. That's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know who bought it, but I hope it goes to a good home. I hope it goes somewhere where it can be um, stored correctly. And I mean, it's got to be. If you got three hundred thousand, I mean, Jesus, that or a down payment on a house or a really nice house. I mean, like, come on. Depending on where you live, of course. Good stuff. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night surprises everyone and just drops on mobile. Like, what? It's available. Yeah, is this true, son? It's real. It's real, son. Konami released a mobile version of it uh, just last week. Like, no fanfare, no buildup, no advertisements. Just like, boom, here it is. Find it. Um, yeah, the game is available on iOS and Android. It cost a whopping $2.99 without any in-app purchases, folks. It appears to be the full game based on the PSP and PS4 versions. And uh, yeah, this is great. They're, they have support for external controllers. Achievements are there. And a new continue feature. Oh, yeah, you're going to want that. It can be played in six different languages as well. English, Japanese, German, French, Italian, and Spanish. So this is great. Wow. Three bucks? Sign me up. Sign me up. <clears throat> some other stuff in some gaming news. Flight Sim 2020 had an update. Now, every month I do kind of like a, kind of like a, a milestone on a kind of roadmap update where they post a video. Um, I'm part of the insider club. So like I get emails about, like when they post videos and some of the stuff is kind of like locked away. Like they only talk about it in the insider program, which is really cool. So I kind of get a little backstory about some of the stuff. One of these updates just recently came out, but this it's public now, but they have 37,000 airports that they have manually edited and put into the game by the developers. 37,000 Actual real-world airports are being manually entered. I just had to say that twice to let that sink in. Um, Flight Sim X, to give it some comparison, which also has a lot, had 34,000 airports manually edited. This one, 37,000. But not only that, the in the way that they're doing it is much more specific and realistic to how the airport would look in real life. Because as we know, folks, they're using Bing Maps. Remember, this is Microsoft. They're using Bing Map data, which think about. So this is what they're doing. They're taking an, an overview of Bing Map data, right, of a map, of a satellite view, of an overview top-down of the real airport, right? 
they have that. Then they actually just go in with the real map data of everything, where it really is, where it really exists, and draw in like the runway, the parking, the tower, all of the structures, the buildings, everything. They draw it in exactly the scale. And they tell it, this is the runway. Here's the, the lines. Here's the, you know, the parking garage. Here's this, here's that. And then boom, it, it actually puts it in the game. And so they're using the 2D and 3D map data from Bing. They're using their game engine to build out and put in these airports. Like this is so cool, so legit. And I also was reading about it too, is that they're going to allow the community to jump in and help develop and put in airports that they haven't put in yet. So if maybe you got one in your backyard that's a crop dusting a landing strip there for your, you know, like something that's like really, really small. That's not like a real airport. You could add it yourself by using their own developer tools and mod tools to put that in. Like that is so amazing. Like community focused game. This is going to be huge. I cannot wait to play it. Cannot wait. Um, yeah, so cool. So yeah, Flight Sim 2020, man, that's going to be, that's like my super hyped game. And I, I've never really gotten into Flight Sim quite like this before. I've played some of the early Flight Sims and my homie Justin, he hooked me up with Flight Sim X. We were going to play a little bit to like try to prepare ourselves for the new game and we're still going to do that. Uh, but yeah, we're like super excited for it. It's going to be dope. And then uh, lastly in gaming news, Halo, the first Halo, Halo Combat Evolved surprise launches on Steam. Just again, no fanfare. No promotions, just like, boom, here it is. It's available. Um, unlike the original release of the game back in 2003, this new release has a fancy has a new fancy campaign with uh, updated graphics. Um, it's updated graphics of the 2011 Xbox anniversary remake, along with multiplayer matchmaking, other perks, uh, with other perks in the Master Chief collection. So it's, it's available on Steam, full mouse keyboard support. Very fantastic. Um yeah, they just surprise launched it. No lead up, nothing. Boom, here it is. I think it's cool. This is the second game in the Master Chief collection to hit PC following Halo Reach back in December of 2019. So, um, yeah, three months in, we got another one. Very cool. And I, actually, I played the original Halo on PC back in the day when it was released, and I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time. So I'm looking forward to getting back in there and jumping through that campaign, seeing all the new stuff they have to offer, and then... Reliving some of the old memories and stuff in there. Very, very cool. I like that a whole bunch. Very, very cool. Well, that was gaming news. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good gaming news going on. A lot of stuff happening. Let's move on. We have a couple of articles here in tech. Um, this was something that was posted uh, a couple of days ago. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, there's there always seems to be like some crazy news on Twitch and how they're like bending the rules and moving their guidelines around depending on what how they feel that week. That's kind of how it feels. But there was some streamers, um, uh, a guy by Matthew Mizkiff. Uh, he created a bot that will allow viewers to submit videos and other content that they own. Um, for a, if you make a cash donation, you can then submit a video and whatnot. Okay, that's that makes sense. But what's happening is this dude is sleeping. So he's actually asleep. And you can watch him sleep. And people are starting to do this more and more. And I'm like, wait a minute. So he's sleeping. People are watching him sleep. And then they're submitting stuff to help him sleep by like submitting content like chill music or soft like 
piano stuff, like whatever. There's another streamer that was doing it that had, if you make a donation, it will extend the alarm. He has an alarm set, a bot that makes an alarm go off. And if you'd make a donation, it extends it. So you can basically, the chat can determine how long that he sleeps. And if they don't donate and it'll go off, then he'll wake up, right? This dude made $5,600 that night doing this. 5600 bucks that night. I'm doing the wrong thing on Twitch. <laughs> I'm doing the wrong thing on Twitch. It's pretty obvious. No, who the fuck wants to watch me sleep? No one wants to watch me sleep. Steph says, you'll be surprised. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. Set up the cam. But you know what's funny is I put this on here because Twitch had... So Twitch originally had guidelines about this. I think it was called AFK content or something or... Oh, it was called unattended content or unintended streaming. Originally, you can't have a stream that has... If, if you're not there, like unintended. Like if you fall asleep unintentionally, which happens, um, if you're just going to be AFK for like a long period of time, or if you just set up a webcam and just like watch like outside or inside, whatever. Like, I guess you can't have that. They had rules about that. Well, oddly enough, after all this like sleeping kind of started to blow up and they realized like it's popular and it's bringing people in. And well, of course, Twitch is getting money from some of this because people are buying bits and they're donating and, you know, they take a cut and you have to pay taxes on that shit. There, that that little wording in their guidelines magically disappeared. It's gone. It's not in there anymore. As of as of at least writing this, it's crazy, right? I know it's crazy. It's like they basically they just bend the guidelines depending on how they feel and what they want, how much they make. Yeah, money talks, and so it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. I don't know. Like it, this whole thing is just driving me nuts. Like. Here's the thing. I stopped drumming on Twitch. I stopped doing my live drumming just because they had their guidelines saying like if you have cop if you have enough copyright strikes and it's a really interesting and thin line because depending on what song it is if that copyright holder wants to like uh you know come after anyone it's like you can basically I can have my channel shut down, right? If I get copyright strikes. And maybe it's a one, two, three strike, you're out type thing. But still, like, I just didn't want to chance it. I've built up the, the channel. I have a great community. I didn't want to chance that. So I stopped drumming. I sold the drums, like, you know, to make room. And, and okay, okay, we'll just move on. We'll do something else. I got the sim rig going now. You know, we're, we're moving around. We're trying new things. But, like, this happens. Shit like this happens. And I'm, like, read the guidelines. And I take them seriously. I'm like, okay, well, if they say that I, you know, it's probably not wise to do that. I don't want to get copyright strikes. I've done really well on YouTube. I don't have copyright strikes. I've worked hard using my own music and done stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to have any issues. But here's the fucking problem is that there are other people still drumming. There's other people still doing things on Twitch. Musicians and drummers and other things. And they're still doing it, and there's no repercussions whatsoever. And it's, this isn't like, well, if he does it, why can't I do it? But it kind of is that. It kind of is that, though. Like, if they're all still doing it, and they're getting, like, they're doing whatever they want, and it's fine, and, like, there's no repercussions. They're not getting shut down. They're not getting copyright strikes. Like, fuck, I almost bought another electronic drum set last week. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy another fucking drum set. Ask Steph. All week, I was looking up electronic drum sets. I'm like... Man, you know, and they have really cool, like acoustic looking ones now, and they like look really super legit. And I'm like, man, this look nice. I can set it up. I can use it for recording, use it for live. I was like, fuck, where can I make room in here? Let's extend the house, kick out the wall. Let's go. 
But I was like, I almost pulled the trigger on one. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. I want to drum again. It was fun. I liked it. People liked it. Could rotate it. Hell, at this point, if we're going to be quarantined in the house, I'm going to just do every every day of the week. It's going to be a different stream. One will be drumming. One will be sim rig. One will be this. It's the Heine House Entertainment Network, baby. Going for it. So anyway, this that was just my little rant. I mean, if people can sit there and set up a camera in their fucking bedroom and watch them sleep and make five grand a night, come on now. We, we're all in the wrong business. We, we got to get this shit together. We got to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Steph asked, do they fart when they sleep? I don't know if they do, but I absolutely would. <laughs> and uh, that would probably be the most interesting part of the stream. I just lean over on my left side and just let a fucking beefer out. Brr, you know, people can like then rate it, you know, rate, rate the beefers. You know, I don't know. Hey, newsflash. We all fart when we, we sleep. Okay. Just the way it is. I don't care who you are. Everyone shits. Mm. I could put a shotgun microphone close to the bed. <laughs> Okay, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah, blowing out eardrums. <laughs> turn your turn your speakers down, folks. <laughs> it's a big one. It's the big one. <laughs> um, okay, uh, there is a guy, a dad. He mods a one-up arcade machine into a two-player Mario Kart arcade cabinet. What? Ryan Woolley modded a one-up game and made this. What? This is amazing. Also, the dude probably has the biggest TV I've ever seen on the wall. Look at that fucking thing. It's like a 200 inch. Look at this. So he modded the one-up arcade and made it into a Mario Kart. That is beautiful. Great artwork. That's really, really, really nice. Uh, and it, it appears that... So he's using Wii remote. So he's using Mario Kart Wii for that. Um, I can't say anything bad about this. This is really, really cool. Why, why would you? Look at this. Way cool. Did Logitech make those? No. Was that Logitech that made those um those Wii remote holders? I think it was actually. They're designed to kind of sit in your lap or whatever. Yeah, but that looks really, really neat. Way to go. Way to go, Dad. Way to go, Ryan. Uh, did you miss out on the analog metal NES last year? You remember that analog? It's uh the company's called Analog. They made that very expensive, very high quality. NES. Remember that? Well, if you happen to miss out on that, you're in luck. And if you also have 500 bucks laying around that, you're, you know, you're not doing anything with it. You can blow it on this. Analog has opened up pre-orders for the NT Mini and it's going to be its final run of the console. It comes in a gunmetal finish, gold-hued ports, refined NES cartridge slot, up, and an upgraded 8-bit do wireless controller and a refresh, refreshed user interface to go along. Um... With all the existing NT Mini touches, like HDMI out and whatnot, uh, this really might be the ultimate way to play your NES games second to uh, just emulating them. Uh, but uh, actual hardware, this is probably the absolute best way to get it um, on your TV. It's going to be $499. It's 50 bucks more than the previous version, and it's going to be very limited. So if you want one, you have to get your pre-order in right now, as I'm saying this. Go now. If you have the means to do so. So that is the analog NES. Wow. I uh that's too rich for my blood for NES. I am I am pleasantly happy. I know it's like not uh, not like the best, but I'm very happy playing on the NES classic. That is I've modded that 
we have about 200 games on it and I can rotate games in and out if I really want. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm happy with that. That that's, that's totally sufficient for what we do. Um, mm -hmm. for playing NES stuff. Okay. Um, what else here? Oh, the last bit of tech news I got here is that Apple is going to pay up to $25 per person to settle its lawsuit over slowed iPhones. Yeah. It is becoming a thing. And I actually do fall into this. So I, if they do have uh, an area for me to sign up, which it still needs to be, uh, a judge still needs to approve the settlement, but that is what uh, it's basically coming to. Um, this was an, an issue that happened a while ago. Apple, here's a quick story. You have an older iPhone. You have, uh, it's a year or two old. The battery is starting to deteriorate. And it's starting to drain faster and faster, right? That's how the nature of rechargeable batteries work. They don't last forever. So what Apple did is they, on the back end, during an update, quietly, without telling anyone, released a, uh, um, a bit of software, a bit of code that would slow your iPhone's performance down a little bit in order to conserve battery life. All right? Now, when they slow down your phone, they make it not work as hard, not fetch as much, you know, like when it's working hard it then prolongs the battery life. And this makes sense because they want their phones to last longer. Uh, they want their battery life to last longer. So that's what they did. Problem was, one, and this was something, it hit me too. I had iPhone 6S when this was happening. The phone was so slow and it was very frustrating. So much, I got so frustrated, in fact, I'm like, fuck it, I just need to go get, like I've had this phone for two and a half years or whatever it was. I'm like, okay, it's it's older now. I get it. There's like the iPhone 10 now, but I got the I, I got the iPhone 8. I didn't even get the full meal deal, or whatever. I, I just went and got traded in my old phone, got the new one. So actually, I got that. Like this is what happened to me. I did that on my own on my own on my own will there. But what the problem is is that people are thinking that they tricked them. People are thinking that Apple did this to deliberately trick people into going and buying a new phone, thinking that their old their old iPhones are slow and they're not working as well and this and that. Uh, yeah, duh. Apple says, no, 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 we did not do it for that. Of course not. We did this to try to prolong the battery life. Well, yes, that is also true. But the fact is you didn't announce this. You kept it quiet. You didn't say anything about it. You just kind of like under the carpet, like, okay, just push that through. And then like, Maybe half the people will go buy new phones and maybe half of them won't, but we'll get more sales on it. Like, dude, that's come on. That is some trickery bullshit. You know what I mean? Of course they did that deliberately to get people to buy new phones. Of course people aren't buying new iPhones in mass quantities like they used to because the older iPhones are just as good. Smartphones today are great. All smartphones pretty much are like equally great. You don't need to go buy the newest and latest and greatest because your old one is Equally just as good. Sure, you're missing maybe three or four cameras and night mode and all this other stuff and, you know, little perks and benefits, but like they're overall very, very good. So that's what happened. They pushed that update through. They slowed the phones down. People complained and in fact became a class, class action lawsuit that went through. So Apple is going to pay up to 25 bucks uh, per person who were affected by this. Of course, that is depending on how many people file um, on the lawsuit, which is going to be millions. And basically I'm going to end up with like a dollar 50. We're all going to end up with a dollar 50. That's what it's going to be. 
So uh, yeah, the, the settlement is going to be a maximum of $500 million that they have to pull from. Crazy, right? Um, so Apple did admit that December 2017 that it used software updates to slow down the phones. And then soon after, anchored customers and tech uh, analysts flagged it as the updates were causing diminished performance. That's when they started to take action on it. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I just bought a new phone and traded in my old one. So, I mean, they got me on that one. They got me. I'm on the every other iPhone plan anyway. So I try to stagger it out, stagger it out. But yeah, once they settle that, um, then maybe anyone can sign up and get their, uh, if you are affected by it, you can get that settlement. 25 WAPAs. Yeah, you got to be transparent when it comes to shit like that, man. And now they have it actually in options. You can choose if you want to have slowed your phone slow down for better battery life or full speed to have less battery life, but higher performance. You can actually select that in there. And they added that after the fact. You know what? Not everything, not every idea Apple comes up with is amazing. All right. And I, I love Apple. I love Microsoft. I love all of them. I'm not like a fanboy either way. I say it's like the whole, and this, this may get, this may get me something get me some people heated, but it's like the whole Microsoft and Sony argument. And I've been saying this for years from the beginning, or even back when it was Nintendo versus Sega back, even in the day when we were kids and we were looking at Sega, I was like, who gives a shit? Just own both, just own both and be happy. What's the big deal? You know? And it's like, okay, it's, it's really not a big deal. Like Sony and PlayStation, they have their great games. They have things to offer Microsoft and their Xbox franchise. They have great things to offer. PC gaming has great things to offer. Nintendo, handhelds, Switch, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64. Like, they all have stuff to offer. Just pick one. And if, and if you don't have the luxury of owning all of them, which not everyone does, and I understand that, then just be happy with what you have. And quit talking shit about others. Like, we're all gamers. We're all in this shit together. Like, what the fuck? I've never really understood that. I'm not about that. It's like, hey, you like Apple? You like Android? Hey, good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. I'll turn this bus right around. Uh, we've come to the end of the show, which means, well, I mean, it's not totally the end of the show. We're going to answer some voicemails. Let's take a look. I think we have one from the man, Cam. Cameron, the man. Let's take a look here. Let's jump right in. And uh, actually, now's my time to play my, where is it? I've got my hotline intro. Let's go. Hello? You've got voicemail. Yes, absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump right into the phones here. Got one from Cameron. This came in earlier in the week. Cameron, thanks again for sending another voicemail. You're the voicemail maniac. My man right there. Appreciate it. Let's see if I can stop mirroring this. If I stop mirroring it, then it will go through. All right, here we go. Play, damn it. Hey, Jason. Cameron Johnson here again. I'm just... uh a little time before I go into work. It's f around 5.49 a.m. here in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. Anyway, I just uh, listened to your after party. Great uh, great topics per usual. Thank I you. wanted to make a quick comment, something I, I kind of uh, thought about as I was driving to work. Um, is there a price for convenience? The reason why I say that, um, you know, these personally, I tend to not appreciate, for example, digital downloads quite as much as, you know, the, uh, I guess, acquiring a physical thing. In other words, you know, maybe, for example, I'm, uh, 
you know, hunting around town for a specific, a specific game or on eBay or, you know, trying to find a great deal, whereas, you know, digital downloads are great. They're super convenient, but, you know, the price for convenience, am I going to appreciate it as much? Personally, probably not. Same thing when I had an EverDrive. I had, you know, all the games I could ever want, but still ended up going back to the actual cartridge, which is not convenient, you know. Um, you know, same thing for, like, Spotify. I use Spotify at work just to listen to stuff, but I typically, you know, um, it's, I guess the convenience works there, but when it comes to, you know, just uh, general music listening and ownership, I'd much prefer to have CD or even, you know, not as much anymore of a vinyl, which is the most inconvenient uh, format, and vinyl is huge. So That's true, very it's true. It's kind of interesting, you know, we, uh, as we, we talked about, the grass is always greener, so... Uh, love to get your thoughts on the price of convenience or, you know, the appreciation when things are so convenient, if that changes for you. So take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you, Cameron. Absolute great question. Is there a price convenient price for convenience? Yeah, that is, um, man. And, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, will you appreciate your digital versions of games more than physical I think it depends on the person, right? I think it depends on what kind of gamer you are. Are are you someone who doesn't like collecting at all, does not care about collecting? Then you probably will appreciate your digital games equal, if not maybe more for convenience fee uh, convenience purposes. But again, Cameron, someone like you or me and a lot of other people who listen who are actually like we collect games. I'm going to say the answer is no. I mean, I don't, I don't think that we would. I know I definitely don't. I mean, I, I love, I'll give, here's an example. Here's an example. I have a, a pretty vast N64 collection. It's not complete by any means, but I have a lot of N64 stuff. And yes, like maybe a couple hundred of my games are in, they're in clamshell rental cases. I did a video in 2010 about putting them in cases and stuff. It's on YouTube. It's long, 10 years, 10 years ago. I have them in boxes, right? I love going to that box and opening it up and just pulling out and going through the games and looking at them, touching them, looking at them, like holding them. That's important to me as a collector. That's important to me. Prime example of this is this, this, just this weekend, my family, they left uh, earlier this morning. My family was in town. We were here in our game room playing. All, my two brothers were here. Steph was in there. We were having a game night and we have two TVs. We have the flat screen TV and then I have the Sony uh CRT. And I was like, Kyle, this is my, my younger brother. I said, Kyle, come on, I got something to show you. It took me a couple minutes, but I dug a few boxes out, moved some things around, and pulled out this big box of maybe a couple hundred and sixty-four games. And I opened it up and I said, Kyle, sit down. And we sat on the ground, just like a couple of kids, and we were going through this box, pulling out games, and he and just to hear his voice and being like, Oh, I remember this. Oh my God, I love this. And he was just like opening it up and looking at it and like reading the back and the artwork and stuff. And he's like, we have to play this. We have to play this. We played Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, Mario Kart, GoldenEye. We're just putting all these games on. We didn't even get through them. We had a stack of like 20 games. We didn't even get, we got through like three or four of them. Not enough time, right? Not enough time. But the reality is, the fact is, is that I can go to that box. I can pull out those games. I can sit on the ground like a, like a 10 year old and I can go through the games and I, that is worth it to me. That is worth that to me. Being able to relive these memories, being able to, to feel uh, that connection to these games. And that's why I collect. And that's 
That's the price I pay to store them. They're heavy. They're difficult to move. Hell, I probably need a hand truck to do it nowadays. Like, I'm not going to be fucking pulling all these heavy games and moving around. But the thing is, is like, that's important to me. And you can't do that with a digital release. Now, if you didn't grow up during the 80s and 90s and like, that's not something that you're interested in, like, I understand that completely. You know, like, who cares? doesn't matter. I have all my games in a hard drive and I've got 2000 games on a hard drive that has its value too. That has its, its worth pop open the computer, turn on the PS4, PS5, whatever Xbox, and then just load up whatever game you want, download it, play it. Boom. It's ready to go. Installs the updates. That is convenient. I think that's worth it in itself. Now, do I think the pricing is, is reflective of that? No, our digital games are equally as expensive as their physical counterparts. If not, sometimes more, Dude, you know we've got the basic original edition, then we've got the fucking uh, premium edition, then ultimate edition, 160, 189, one's like 100 bucks or 120, whatever the fuck the prices are. You know, not even to mention our friends in Canada or wherever else that are like, it's way more expensive. Like, dude, it's out of hand. Like, you can't even afford these games. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, there's no physical game. There's no disc anymore. There's no manuals. There's no game cases. There's nothing. If I go to Walmart right now, if I leave right now and go to Walmart, I can go to the game section. I can purchase an Overwatch game off the shelf. All right. For Switch, for PC, they're both there. I've seen them. You buy the game, you get the case. It's like 20 bucks. You come home and you open it up and what's inside? I know everyone's yelling at their speakers right now. Nothing. Nothing's in there except a piece of paper that says, uh, just go ahead and launch uh, Battle.net and enter this code. And then uh, your download will start. You basically bought a glorified piece of paper, right? It has absolutely nothing in it. And so it's really sad. It's sad. I put all my manuals in my clamshell cases or boxes, you know, so that when you open it up, you can read the manual. It's all there. They're all together. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I miss I miss those days, but also I'm able to relive those days because I collect and keep them. And I don't know, for for better or for worse. So, but hey, Cameron, absolute great question. And sir, you're talking, and, and I appreciate that. Folks, you're probably wondering where this all came from. Is that Cameron is a patron? I'll, I'll go and flash this up here. Cameron is a patron on the main floor where he gets access. Everyone on the main floor and above get access to the Heine House after party. That after party is a monthly uh, ex extended show, additional content exclusive to Patreon, where I talk anywhere between 15 to sometimes an hour. Just depends. Uh, I try to keep it around like 20 minutes to a half hour, but you know, I go crazy and you know how I am. Um, we talk about uh, stuff that's on my mind and stuff I want to talk about in deeper detail that I just can't do on the podcast here for time restraints. So, um, yeah, we talked about, um, convenience and, and pricing and gaming collecting. It was a really cool, cool episode. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so there it is right there, folks. It's a great opportunity to actually plug it again. Thank you, patrons. And of course, the Game Lofters get a verbal shout out every episode. Brandon and George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Sam, Luke, Ryan, and Justin. Thank you so much, all y'all and everyone there, for your support on patreon.com slash Jason Heine. What do you guys want to listen to tonight? You want to listen to something on the way out? Last time uh, I didn't play anything because we were kind of running running long toe, but we're we're just crossing the hour threshold here. Bless you, my dear. So I think um, let me um, let me pop open uh, my Bandcamp here.
you can listen to all my music on my website, on my Bandcamp. I've got, I got all that stuff there. But let's jump in. Let's see. What should it be today? Hmm. How are you guys feeling? I'm asking like I can hear you. But I know I can hear you. I can hear you. I know what's going on. I can feel you. Uh, let's do... Hmm. Did I do uh, my... Did I do Let's Go before? My Racing Apex? Which used to be called Racing Apex. Did I do that before? I don't know if I did that. I don't really know. Should I? Let me pop open my. Uh, I should keep a list. There's just too many. Just too many great songs. Too many great songs. Uh, let's do. Uh, hmm. This is always a fun one. I did follow that dolphin. Y'all like that one. Y'all like that one's good. Um. You know, I'll do a Mario Party medley. How about that? We'll do a Mario Party medley because earlier I was playing. We played Mario Party 4 with my family. They came over. We had a really good time. We hooked up the GameCube. It was a blast. So I did a drum cover on the Mario Party medley there. It's about three minutes long. This is on my Heine House mixtape. All right, mixtape one you can download on my website, HeineHouse.com, and also on my Bandcamp page. Go get the whole album. Just download it. 16 songs of amazing, awesome drum covers unreleased stuff and remixes of stuff. So let's jump right in, folks. Thank you for listening to the show. Heineyhouse.com. Y'all are amazing. Love you bunches. We'll see you next week. Can you name all the Mario parties? I want to know. Not gonna lie, it makes me want to do some drum covers again. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing this shit, so good.